Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. for joining us for this episode of Research and Pharmacy, the podcast where we chat with content matter experts about all things related to research, including fundamentals, best practices, and practical advice for all of us interested in contributing to the advancement of knowledge. My name is Vicki Basilega, and today we'll be chatting with Christina Martin, Director of the New Practitioners Forum, and Gina Lucian, Director of the Academic Programs, about preparing for professional poster presentations. Thanks so much for joining us today, ladies. Thank you for having us. Yes, thanks for having us, Vicki. So as we all know, the ASHP mid-year this year is virtual, and a lot of our student pharmacists and residents are eagerly preparing to showcase their work. Application submissions closed October 1st. So what comes next? That's a great question, Vicki. And first of all, congratulations to all of the students, new practitioners, and our professional colleagues for successfully submitting an abstract. Conducting a research project is a huge accomplishment. So after submitting your poster abstract, which has already occurred, this next step is patiently awaiting for the poster presentation acceptance. We're recording about mid-October, so depending on when you're listening to this, please note that ASHP will notify all successful candidates by October 22nd, 2020. So the next milestone for presenters will be to submit their final poster by mid-November of 2020. Exactly. And just note that this is an expedited timeline from what we previously did during the live meetings. I think the virtual environment poses some changes. So in the past, Poster presenters had the option of working on their poster all the way up until the presentation date, and they brought it on site to mid-year. Given the virtual setup, participants will be asked to submit the electronic poster copy in advance. So during the time between poster submission and presentation, you might want to start thinking about your elevator pitch, and you might also want to start working on your poster because submission of your final poster PDF will be due sooner than they have in the past. I think when our listeners are visualizing the poster presentation, they picture rows and rows of printed posters that you can walk through and browse. So clearly that's not going to be happening in a virtual environment. (laughs) What should poster presenters expect to see in the virtual platform? I think that's a good question, and it's a reasonable, um, a reasonable expectation and, and visual in your head. I think the virtual format certainly brings some changes in the way that we present both educational sessions and also the professional posters. For the virtual mid-year clinical meeting, we have reimagined what the poster hall looks like into a completely remote and partially asynchronous experience. So presenters and other attendees should expect to access a virtual hall where posters will be available to view and browse at their convenience throughout the duration of the meeting and for several weeks after the meeting. So in addition to the electronic copy of the student and resident posters or practitioner posters that will be showcased on the platform, primary presenters will have an opportunity to record an elevator speech. This will accompany their content and it will be their voice walking the audience through their poster presentation and research. This is a great way for the audience to orient themselves on what the project looks like and really hear a firsthand voice about what is being presented. Absolutely. Excellent points, Gina. You know, the virtual platform is different than what we're used to from a, quote, traditional in-person setting, and it does require a bit more pre-planning. I think this is something we're all getting used to in our virtual work these days. However, there do appear to be some really great benefits and some opportunities that a virtual poster hall provides. 
First, uh, our poster presenters will enhance the reach of our poster content. Gina, you mentioned that the electronic copies will be available throughout the conference, and so attendees can enter and view them at their time of leisure. The audience, those who are viewing, will have ample time to reflect on the project and study the content. You may remember at past meetings or the actual live poster hall was flipping content every one to two hours. And if you missed that poster, you potentially missed it unless you found a way to track down and contact the poster presenter. I think that's really an added benefit. Um, also, for our presenters, they'll have two opportunities to connect with the viewers. One uh, that Gina mentioned is through a pre-recorded elevator speech that provides an overview of the research or the project that was conducted. And then there will be a second synchronous engagement during the live virtual conference itself. Wow, two opportunities for all poster presenters to connect with the conference attendees. That sounds simultaneously exciting and terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Can you share with us a little bit more about the live component where presenters will have a chance to answer questions about their research? Absolutely. So similar to our in-person conference environment, presenters will have an opportunity to engage in real time or what we've been calling synchronous with interested viewers. Each poster presenter, and remember, you'll get that communication from ASHP around October 22nd, 2020, you'll be assigned a short time frame. And then during that time frame, anyone visiting your electronic poster can ask questions, and then you as the presenter can answer these questions and interact. This will be through a chat feature. The time slots will be communicated again on October 22nd. Um, I think it's really a great opportunity for our poster presenters uh, in their professional development. One, they'll have that practice with verbal communication and giving the elevator speech of their research project. And then two, practicing written professional communication as that live synchronous engagement is going to be through a chat function. Definitely. And I think a lot of our presenters use this as a professional development opportunity. So you may be wondering, who can visit my poster? Well, the answer is anybody can stop by to learn more about your research project, enter through the chat box or listen to your presentation. But as with every year, ASHP will also be offering a poster mentor program. So this is an opportunity to expand your network and really garner new advice on research presentation from a practice leader and an experienced and seasoned clinician or researcher. So all the feedback this year will be provided in a written format and participants will have an opportunity to review the comments on the poster content and presentation. So in fact, for those of you listening, if you are a mentor and interested in participating, ASHP is actively recruiting mentors through November 23rd, 2020. So check out midyear.ashp.org slash posters and you can sign up. So what is some advice for our presenters who are gearing up for the posted presentations? Where can they look for resources and what tips are essential for success? Good question. I think first and foremost, try to enjoy the experience and take pride in your work. As Christina said, this is a great accomplishment to conduct research and have the opportunity to present in a national meeting. I don't think the virtual platform takes away anything from that accomplishment and the great work you've put into it. So given the virtual environment, I would recommend trying to be as prepared as possible leading up to your submission. So as we said, unlike the in-person presentations, you don't have the opportunity to make those last minute adjustments to your poster. So you have to plan in advance and be comprehensive. So identify the milestones now so that you can minimize any last minute stress. 
But on the plus side, you don't have to run the risk of forgetting your poster on the plane or at home. So you know that it will be there. It will be waiting for you and ready for presentation. So that's how you know when you're traveling to mid-year who's also going to mid-year with you on the plane. Because it's always those giant tubes you see them struggling exactly. to put, put into the overhead compartments. I agree. I, th- I remember as a resident, that was my number one stressor, making sure that my poster made it to the presentation hall. But that stress is taken out today. And so you can submit from your couch and not worry about it after that. <laughs> as far as structuring your research poster, I think it's similar to what we've seen in the past. So practice your elevator speech, try to be concise and informative. You only have a limited time to capture the interest of your audience and explain, narrate your research background, methodology, and everything you've learned. So think about your content carefully. You don't have body language to help you in this particular case. So think about how you're structuring your poster, how you're structuring your presentation. And then also we've included a number of links in our description for the podcast. So check out different notes and we encourage you to look through them and just prepare in advance. How do you present a poster? How do you structure a poster? Look at those. And then one of my favorite resources that ASHP has is the ASHP Resource Center. Um, And I think we'll be featuring a podcast specifically talking about all the wonderful resources included in that. But really, it has dedicated tips for presentation, oral presentation skills, and then a webinar on how to to develop a poster step by step. So that would be my advice. Gina, I'm still chuckling about your comment about minimizing the risk of forgetting the poster on the plane. And you both have taken me down a wonderful uh, walk down memory lane where during residency, one of my co-residents left their poster at the airport shuttle stop and we had to ask the shuttle driver to turn around and the shuttle driver is like what why are we turning around we're like we have to get the poster and that poster felt like gold you know like we didn't let that poster out of our sight uh until it was presented and and then the poster went on to another life so while those memories will not be formed uh (laughs) there is the risk mitigation with a virtual meeting Uh, but on a serious note vicky your question about advice it is really important to be prepared, but also to be positive about this experience. Uh, this is very unique, still all discovering what these new best practices uh, and virtual professional interactions look like. But we do have some newer ASHP resources that I think our listeners may find quite valuable. And I want to highlight two of those. One of them is a new publication that we released this summer. It's titled The Essential Guide to Pharmacy Residency Research. And this pub guides the reader through the process of identifying a research question, how you define your study objectives, collecting data, things that may already be done, but there's also a section on presenting your results. And so you, uh, really an opportunity to read through some expert advice as you're preparing for your virtual mid-year clinical meeting poster presentation. This book is available as an ebook, so no worries about shipping delays. You can order it now and it will be expedited to your inbox. And then also I wanted to note our ASHP new practitioner members are extremely passionate on this topic of research and presentation, and they've compiled a webpage of pharmacy research resources. They'll be available in the show notes of this podcast. One that's particularly relevant to our conversation is a webinar titled Development of a Professional Poster Presentation. Uh, And so while this was recorded pre-pandemic, a lot of those themes about practice and presentation are enduring and very much relevant to the the current event that we're preparing for. Um, There's also an infographic with tips for successful presentations, 
Both of these resources have been created by your peers on the ASHP New Practitioners Forum Advisory Group, and they have walked through this journey themselves and can serve as an excellent resource. You know, Gina, I was uh, thinking about how I watched a similar video as a resident uh, when we were preparing for our first poster presentation, and this presentation continues to be updated as new content and new best practices emerge. So as mentioned before, you know, check out the show notes, and of course, if there's any questions, please reach out to ASHP as we're continuing to to add new best practices as we navigate through our virtual conference experiences. That's great. A lot of resources for our student pharmacists and new practitioners as they prepare for a successful professional poster session. Well, Gina and Christina, thank you so much for joining us today to discuss professional research poster presentations. As mentioned, don't forget to check out our resources included in this podcast page. Also, if you haven't before, I encourage you all to check out ASHP and the ASHP Foundation's research resources. Thanks again for tuning in for this session of Research and Pharmacy, and we hope you've enjoyed today's conversation. Be sure to subscribe to the ASHP podcast through your favorite podcast provider. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.